Chapter thirty nine of The Law and the Lady. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Wiebke Müller. The Law and the Lady by Wilkie Collins. Chapter thirty nine. On the way to Dexter. I declare to heaven, Valeria, I believe that monster's madness is infectious, and you've caught it. This was Benjamin's opinion of me, on my safe arrival at the villa, after I had announced my intention of returning Miserrimus Dexter's visit in his company. Being determined to carry my point, I could afford to try the influence of mild persuasion. I begged my good friend to have a little patience with me. "'And do remember what I've already told you,' I added. "'It is of serious importance to me to see Dexter again.' I only heaped fuel on the fire. "'See him again?' benjamin repeated indignantly see him after he grossly insulted you under my roof in this very room i can't be awake i must be asleep and dreaming it was wrong of me i know but benjamin's virtuous indignation was so very virtuous that it let the spirit of mischief loose in me i really could not resist the temptation to outrage his sense of propriety by taking an audaciously liberal view of the whole matter gently my good friend gently i said we must make allowances for a man who suffers under dexter's infirmities and lives dexter's life and really we must not let our modesty lead us beyond reasonable limits i begin to think that i took rather a prudish view of the thing myself at the time a woman who respects herself and whose whole heart is with her husband is not so very seriously injured when a wretched crippled creature is rude enough to put his arm around her waist virtuous indignation if i may venture to say so is sometimes very cheap indignation besides i have forgiven him and you must forgive him too there is no fear of his forgetting himself again while you are with me his house is quite a curiosity it's sure to interest you the pictures alone are worth the journey i will write to him to-day and we will go and see him together to-morrow we owe it to ourselves if we don't owe it to mr dexter to pay this visit if you will look about you benjamin you will see that benevolence towards everybody is the great virtue of the time we live in poor mr dexter must have the benefit of the prevailing fashion come come march with the age open your mind to the new ideas instead of accepting this polite invitation worthy old benjamin flew at the age we lived in like a bull at a red cloth oh the new ideas the new ideas by all manner of means valeria let's have the new ideas the old morality's all wrong the old ways are all worn out let's march with the age we live in nothing comes amiss to the age we live in the wife in england and the husband in spain married or not married living together or not living together it's all one to the new ideas i will go with you valeria i'll be worthy of the generation i live in when we have done with dexter don't let's do things by halves let's go and get crammed with ready-made science at a lecture let's hear the last new professor the man who has been behind the scenes at creation and knows to tea how the world was made and how long it took to make it there's the other fellow too mind we don't forget the modern solomon who has left his proverbs behind him the brand-new philosopher who considers the consolation of religion in the light of harmless playthings and who is kind enough to say that he might have been all the happier if he could only have been childish enough to play with them himself oh the new ideas the new ideas 
what consoling elevating beautiful discoveries have been made by the new ideas <sighs> we were all monkeys before we were men and molecules before we were monkeys and what does it matter and what does anything matter to anybody i'm with you valeria i'm ready the sooner the better come to dexter come to dexter i am so glad you agree with me i said but let's do nothing in a hurry three o'clock to-morrow will be time enough for mr dexter i will write at once and tell him to expect us where are you going i am going to clear my mind of cant said benjamin sternly i am going into the library what are you going to read i am going to read puss in boots and jack and the beanstalk and anything else i can find that doesn't march with the age we live in with that parting shot at the new ideas my old friend left me for a time having dispatched my note i found myself beginning to revert with a certain feeling of anxiety to the subject of miserrimus dexter's health how had he passed through the interval of my absence from england could anybody within my reach tell me news of him to inquire of benjamin would only be to provoke a new outbreak while i was still considering the housekeeper entered the room on some domestic errand i asked at a venture if she had heard anything more while i had been away of the extraordinary person who had so seriously alarmed her on a former occasion the housekeeper shook her head and looked as if she thought it in bad taste to mention the subject at all about a week after you'd gone away ma'am she said with extreme severity of manner and with excessive carefulness in her choice of words the person you mentioned had the impudence to send a letter to you the messenger was informed by my master's orders that you had gone abroad and he and his letter were both sent about their business together not long afterward ma'am i happened while drinking tea with mrs macallan's housekeeper to hear of the person again he himself called in his chaise at mrs macallan's to inquire about you there how he can contrive to sit without legs to balance him is beyond my understanding but that's neither here nor there legs or no legs the housekeeper saw him and she says as i say she will never forget him to her dying day she told him as soon as she recovered herself of mr eustace's illness and of you and mrs macallan being in foreign parts nursing him he went away so the housekeeper told me with tears in his eyes and oaths and curses on his lips a sight shocking to see that's all i know about the person ma'am and i hope to be excused if i venture to say that the subject is for good reasons extremely disagreeable to me she made a formal curtsey and quitted the room left by myself i felt more anxious and more uncertain than ever when i thought of the experiment that was to be tried on the next day making due allowances for exaggeration the description of miserrimus dexter on his departure from mrs macallan's house suggested that he had not endured my long absence very patiently and that he was still as far as ever from giving his shattered nervous system its fair chance of repose the next morning brought me mr playmore's reply to the letter which i had addressed to him from paris he wrote very briefly neither approving nor blaming my decision but strongly reiterating his opinion that i should do well to choose a competent witness as my companion on my coming interview with dexter the most interesting part of the letter was at the end you must be prepared mr playmore wrote to see a change for the worse in dexter a friend of mine was with him on a matter of business a few days since and was struck by the alteration in him your presence is sure to have its effect one way or another 
i can give you no instructions for managing him you must be guided by the circumstances your own tact will tell you whether it is wise or not to encourage him to speak of the late mrs eustace the chances of his betraying himself all revolve as i think round that one topic keep him to it if you can to this was added in a postscript ask mr benjamin if he were near enough to the library door to hear dexter tell you of his entering the bedchamber on the night of mrs eustace macallan's death i put the question to benjamin when we met at the luncheon-table before setting forth for the distant suburb in which miserrimus dexter lived my old friend disapproved of the contemplated expedition as strongly as ever he was unusually grave and unusually sparing of his words when he answered me i am no listener he said but some people have voices which insist on being heard mr dexter is one of them does that mean that you heard him i asked the door couldn't muffle him and the wall couldn't muffle him benjamin rejoined i heard him and i thought it infamous there i may want you to do more than hear him this time i ventured to say i may want you to make notes of our conversation while mr dexter is speaking to me you used to write down what my father said when he was dictating his letters to you have you got one of your little notebooks to spare benjamin looked up from his plate with an aspect of stern surprise it is one thing he said to write under the dictation of a great merchant conducting a vast correspondence by which thousands of pounds change hands in due course of post and it's another thing to take down the gibberish of a maundering mad monster who ought to be kept in a cage your good father valeria would never have asked me to do that forgive me benjamin i must really ask you to do it you may be of the greatest possible use to me come give way this once dear for my sake benjamin looked down again at his plate with a rueful resignation which told me that i had carried my point i've been tied to her apron-string all my life i heard him grumble to himself and it's too late in the day to get loose from her now he looked up again at me i thought i had retired from business he said but it seems i must turn clerk again well what's the new stroke of work that's expected from me this time the cab was announced to be waiting for us at the gate as he asked the question i rose and took his arm and gave him a grateful kiss on his rosy old cheek only two things i said sit down behind mr dexter's chair so that he can't see you but take care to place yourself at the same time so that you can see me the less i see of mr dexter the better i shall be pleased growled benjamin what am i to do after i have taken my place behind him you are to wait until i make you a sign and when you see it you are to begin writing down in your notebook what mr dexter is saying and you are to go on until i make another sign which means leave off well said benjamin what's the sign for begin and what's the sign for leave off i was not quite prepared with an answer to this i asked him to help me with a hint no benjamin would take no active part in the matter he was resigned to be employed in the capacity of passive instrument and there all concession ended so far as he was concerned left to my own resources i found it no easy matter to invent a telegraphic system which should sufficiently inform benjamin without awakening dexter's quick suspicion i looked into the glass to see if i could find the necessary suggestion in anything that i wore my earrings supplied me with the idea of which i was in search 
i shall take care to sit in an armchair i said when you see me rest my elbow on the chair and lift my hand to my earring as if i were playing with it write down what he says and go on until well suppose we say until you hear me move my chair at that sound stop you understand me i understand you we started for dexter's house End of chapter thirty nine